2: Hey Chargers fans. Top 100 list sucks. Uh, Yeah, it does. That's definitely what we're going to be talking about today and touching on the top 100 piece of trash that the NFL has released. Uh, We also have an interview that I did with Chris Harry, the Chargers reporter, which will play throughout uh, kind of the middle of this episode. And then we're going to finish the episode with the top 10 receiver top 10 quarterbacks, excuse me, that the three of us have prepared. And it's worth mentioning as well that all of the Chargers rookies have signed. I think Kenneth Murray is the only one that is left to sign, but the Chargers have agreed to terms with him. So that being said, let's get into this NFL Top 100. Uh, there were a lot of bad rankings, but obviously you know, Keenan Allen is the one that we're here to talk about. Jason and I have been very active on Twitter today about this, and Alex as well. Uh, Jason, I'll start with you. Cause I can see you're kind of just chomping at the bit. Uh, what are your thoughts? Just, just give me some, some rant about this Keenan Allen ranking. Just rant. Just get it all off yeah. my chest. Okay. So, <laughs> all
3: right. All right. And I'm going to, I'm going to say what I've told a lot of people today. If you are the best at what you do, it makes you an elite football player. If you are not the best at what you do, it leaves it up for discussion Keenan Allen is the best route runner in the NFL. And all these corners are saying it. All these corners are saying so. Richard Sherman um, and Darius Slay, these guys. Stephon Gilmore said it. Stephon Gilmore, Chris Harris. Uh, Chris Harris was saying it when those guys were rivals. So it's like all these guys are saying this dude is the best route runner in the NFL. How many people have gone and said, oh, Mike Evans, best 50-50 ball specialist in the NFL? I've never heard that. Okay, and it would be a lie because you have Julio Jones out there. You have Odell Beckham. You have these these dudes that like Allen Robinson and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. These these guys all do they all do it better than Mike Evans. And even if some of those are debatable, the ones that are not debatable are DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones. Those guys are close to the same archetype that Mike Evans is, but they do it better. So if Mike Evans, if it's debatable whether he's even number three or not at best at what he does, how can you say that Keenan Allen is not on your level? Right? How can others say that Keenan Allen isn't top ten if he has the best at his archetype? In a day and age where separation is key among NFL wide receivers, how is Keenan Allen behind Larry Fitzgerald? How is he behind Stephon Diggs? How is he behind Amari Cooper? Because he does, Amari Cooper doesn't have the
2: reliability that Keenan Allen does. It's all flash. So he was also behind Tyler Lockett <sighs> and Jarvis Landry. <sighs> <sighs> Tyler Lockett, <laughs> I'm actually kind
3: of proud that Tyler Lockett was ranked so highly because that dude is underrated as heck. So underrated.
2: He is, um, he is
3: very underrated. So I'm actually really happy about that one because I do think he deserves to be high up on that list. I think he actually deserves deserves to be a little higher. And I'm not knocking that Tyler Lockett is that high up on the list. I'm knocking that Keenan Allen is so un- disrespected by his peers, allegedly. Allegedly supposedly, that they, they go to players and ask for their opinions. But every you go and ask every corner in the league, every number one corner. So if you go and ask 32 corners in this league, who is the toughest receiver to guard? I bet you at least half would say Keenan Allen. I would bet you at least half say Keenan Allen. Uh, maybe not. To, maybe not. Maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration. I'm sure some would say Julio Jones. I'm sure some would say Tyreek Hill because of the speed. But it's like he would be up there in, in the top mentions for sure. Right. And I'm going to bring this back up. I talked about this when we did our top ten receiver list. If you can put Michael Davis in a safety against Tyreek Hill and shut him down for the game how is he how is he higher how is he a better receiver because i've seen keenan allen get triple teamed we've all seen it we all watched the games we've all seen keenan allen get triple teamed and he still puts in work it's the reason mike williams would have no would be a one on one against the corner 60 yards downfield with no safety help is cuz these guys were all shifting towards keenan allen because they know that if he gets hot it's over it the, the offense is cooking so My thing is, Mike Evans, if you put a safety downfield and just have that corner one-on-one, and there's videos of it, there's videos of it, of uh, the Saints locking him down repeatedly because they just man up on him and then cover him with a safety over the top. And he gets locked down. Have you ever seen Keenan get locked down like that? To where he's
2: helpless, he can't separate at all. I thought that clip was so funny because he was like, whoa, 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 their defense had a good game against me. And it's like, well, Marshall Lattimore guarded you like 90% of snaps. Yep, so. and he shut you down. Yeah. So, like, for me, I'm looking,
3: I'm looking at these receivers that he mentioned, and it was kind of like I was wondering, why did he pick these receivers? Why did he pick Tyreek Hill? Why did he pick Mike Evans? And why did they pick Chris Godwin? And I don't know if players get like a, a vision into the future. <laughs> like if they get to see the top 100 list before everybody else, I don't think so. Cause Devonte Adams seemed pretty surprised about it. Um, but he, he kind of targeted receivers that weren't technically refined that relied yeah. on something. Chris Godwin, he relies on his after the catch ability. He separates well. I actually like Chris Godwin a lot. Um, and then Mike Mike Evans, who can't, can't separate to save his life. And then Tyreek Hill, who relies a lot on his athleticism. But to be fair, I think Tyreek Hill is a pretty good friggin' rot runner. And his body control is just ridiculous. So I'm just – I'm looking at these – at these receivers and i'm wondering like what what made keenan allen so pissed off at those guys specifically like why why do you why do he at these guys and maybe maybe those are guys that he was kind of tipped off didn't like him i mean that wouldn't make sense because tyreek and him seem to be good buddies um but it was to me he's kind of pissed off because his technical refinement and hard work isn't getting respected And so he's kind of pissed off about these guys with natural talent that are able to use their natural talent to carry them. And so I I think that's what he's getting at here in a way is these guys have more natural talent than me, but I still think I'm the better receiver. Like they're faster, they're deep threats, but put me, put me on a third down, ask for a more consistent, reliable receiver. And it's me. And Again, I've, I've said this multiple times. It just depends on what you value in a receiver. I like that consistency. I like that um, third down uh, clutch factor to it. And I like separation. So to see Keenan Allen at 77 and Devontae Adams in the 50s, and I know we're about to see Mike Evans. I know we're about to see Chris Godwin. I know I – know like you're gonna have DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones.
2: I'm 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 almost scared. What else we're gonna see? Yeah, it's been it's been frustrating to watch this list come out and see all these receivers go ahead of him. Uh, Alex, your thoughts on the Keenan Allen ranking specifically? Uh,
4: before I get to Keenan Allen specifically, I want to say that this list was null and void the moment that Josh Allen was on it. Uh, the moment that Josh <laughs> Allen was on it, this list was null and void, and should have just been deleted off Twitter entirely. Um, okay. Lies detected. <laughs> uh, Keenan Allen... I, I don't understand the Keenan Allen ranking from the standpoint of... Keenan Allen was 38 on the list last year, and he had seven more receptions this year, uh, and more yards and he dropped 50 points, or 40 points, or whatever right. it was. Like, how does that make sense? Like, I, I don't... I'm, was it because Keenan Allen tweeted about Le'Veon Bell's shitty rap track, and then people just... Dis- <laughs> <laughs> was it because of that? I don't know. Um,
3: Le'Veon Bell's just like, he's not even in here. <laughs> Keenan Allen, 1,000 on my
4: list. <laughs> um, I mean... I, I don't know what it is because if the players, I don't know if the players vote on this list, but if the players have impact on this list and Keenan Allen drops 40 spots despite having a better year than he had previously, I don't know what to think other than, you know, some players got pissed off or they, Keenan Allen, you know, something happened with the players or something, or maybe the league just makes this list and then says the players contribute to it. It's probably that, but it's just like, it's so confounding to me that he had a better year than maybe the best year of his career, uh, other than the, uh, the, what was it? The 2017 year. Um, other than that though, I mean, this was a, you know, either the first or second best year of his career and he drops 40 spots, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. But then again, there's a lot of weird ones like that. Fletcher Cox also dropped like 50 spots. Um, just kind of for no reason. And there were a lot of ones like that where it's just like, I don't know how this list is being made. I think this list is a bunch of uh, pishy cocky nonsense. Uh, And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if this list is based on player popularity. I don't know what it's based on, but it certainly isn't based on who are the top 100 best players in the league. And Keaton Allen should be
2: in the top 50 for sure. Keenan dropping from where he was to like the 50s like I could understand that, you know, there is this this argument of like he wasn't on a winning team and like all this stuff and I, I just like there is a difference between you know who is popular and who is flashy and who is actually legit and who is actually a top tier player and that's definitely Keenan Allen. Um another one that you know I'd be shocked if this ends up happening but Casey Hayward is not going to make this list. Nope. and there are corners that have come off the list so far that you know, I think Darius Slay at ninety two is is disrespectful. I think Darius Slay is, is constantly underrated. I think he's one of the better corners in the league. And then you have, you know, Marlon Humphrey was really high up there. Marcus Peters, I think, so far has been the highest corner. And I Logan I Ryan hate that.
3: is on there.
2: Logan Ryan's not even on a team, and he's on he's on there. So. Yeah, I think Joey Bosa is probably going to come off somewhere in the 30s tomorrow. Uh, Other than that, I don't know. I'd be shocked if Casey Hayward comes on this list. And, you know, it's just unfortunate to see. And like I said, once Darius Slade came off the board at 92, I was like, this list is going to be atrocious. Yeah, I don't even know if Derwin James is going to be on the list.
3: I don't know that Derwin James is going to be on the list. I don't think Melvin Ingram is going to be on the list.
2: Um. Derwin, I can understand because of the injury, but then you look at a guy like J.J. Watt, who missed a ton of games last year. You know, there are other guys on this list that have that yeah. missed a lot of games last year. And so if other players get the, well, we know what he's about, then Derwin James should get that same treatment. I
3: thought well. we would see Austin Eckler make an appearance. Yeah. I thought, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Uh, Phillip Rivers probably isn't going to be on there. Uh, I mean, I, he might sneak in there, but. I don't think he is gonna uh, be,
2: not at this point. I, I think if he was gonna sneak on, it would have been in like the 60s or 70s. Austin Eckler is another one that's really frustrating because Chris Carson makes this list who fumbles once a game. Like I don't understand this yeah. fascination that the other players, alleged players who are voting, have with running backs. And you know, it's been hilarious watching these players talk about the other their peers and it's like well he's a dog and it's like well can we come up with some other verbiage besides he's a dog because that applies to like 75 players around the league so another
3: player i could maybe see there is chris harris but he didn't make the list at all last year i don't think and then um brian bulaga maybe um but at this point i think his time has passed i mean he is a top three-ish tackle in the nfl uh right tackle in the nfl so, I mean, I could still see him showing up on the list, but I I don't know at this point what to expect from Chargers players making the list. I almost kind of expect Mike Williams to make the list. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm waiting for it, and I'll lose it. I will lose um, it. I'll be happy for him, but I'm just going to be like, what in the hell? And would you be surprised Steven if Mike Williams popped up in like the
2: in the late thirties I yeah at this point I would be shocked if he popped up if he had made the list like in the nineties you know I would have been like okay like that makes sense I can kind of understand you know players love that guy who just lays it all in the line like Mike Williams does but if he jumped up in the thirties man I'd be
3: shocked I'd be very upset um Melvin Gordon, former Charger, might be on here somewhere. No, he always tends to he always tends to be up there. Other Even players in bad love him, man. Years. Not after Other last Other players year, love man. him.
4: It, it would
2: be he, too. He, far. he
3: had some bad years where he averaged like three point six seven yards per
2: carry, and he was on there.
4: I don't so know. I, don't
2: know. I think the list is is he was number. It's going to be really interesting. Last year he was. It's going to be really interesting to see who else comes out because. I mean, like, even Chris Jones was pretty low, I think. And, you know, Alex mentioned Fletcher Cox. Like, there were some top tier elite players at their position who were really low. Also, Alex, you got to remember that Todd Gurley was on the list. Yeah, that was (sighs) bad. That was bad. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there's still, like, someone like Alvin Kamara. I could see him coming out tomorrow. He had kind of a down year. Kamara was 42. 42. Oh, he was 42. Okay
3: uh anyways this list is awful it's the worst nobody likes it um i haven't seen a single person happy with it mike evans is going to be happy with it because he's going to be like number 10 or something stupid because people like the 50 50 (laughs) receiver that can just go and
2: i jump, by catch ball (laughs) good job mike evans and there's still is like a a good amount of pass rushers left that need to come off like you know uh, tj watt vaughn miller chandler jones should be on this list so it'd be really interesting to see how it comes out um any other thoughts about the NFL top 100 before we get to this interview with Chris Harry
4: uh Jimmy G sucks <laughs> <laughs> It's my only other opinion
2: yeah, yeah. so what are, what are the chances we think that Carson wentz comes off the board tomorrow uh it's pretty low at this point i
4: i
3: he should have been in the 60s somewhere, but i I don't see it. I mean maybe we're going to get into our quarterback lists pretty quick here. So, if I if it were up to me, he would be on this list. Because listen, if Dak made this freaking list and Jimmy G and Josh Allen and even Kyler Murray who I really like, but there has got to be like eight more quarterbacks that make this list at this point. Yeah. At least. I think is I bet you like 10 out of the next 30 something are going to be quarterbacks
4: yeah I think I think Wentz will be somewhere between 40 and 35 somewhere in that range if he's not and he doesn't make the list at all um I think we seriously have to consider uh, motions to ban the NFL from the country uh if Josh Allen is ranked over Carson Wentz
2: but no that's so bad the Josh Allen thing it was so funny because they were talking about all these physical attributes he's really fast and he can run people over and it's like well what can he do as a quarterback you could throw a ball hard (laughs) anyway so that that was the nfl top 100 list you know it's just been so disappointing i can't speak for other years this has really been the first year where i've like watched all of it because there's nothing else on tv right now um but it has been all
3: over the place Listen, if this was an NFL top 100 on shot put, Josh Allen would probably win. <laughs> <laughs> he
4: probably would. Josh Allen's not even uh, the number one Josh Allen in the league.
3: <laughs> what, what does that mean? <laughs> oh, the edge rusher for the ja- Jaguars. Yeah. That's right. I forgot Josh, about Allen's,
4: that. Josh Allen's the top two Josh Allen.
3: <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I'd say Josh Allen is a little bit better than Josh Allen. <laughs> but there's is some he... leeway there between the Allens. <laughs>
2: You know, it's funny that his, uh, I think their cousin, Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen actually had a better year throwing the football than Josh Allen
3: did.
2: (laughs) Again, I don't think I would go this far. (laughs) Oh, he threw for more yards and he had a better completion percentage, man. No, he did not. There's no way.
3: Fact check Um, it right now, Steven. Alex and I will stall. (laughs) Listen, if there is any way that Kyle Allen had more yards and completion percentage than Josh Allen... I am going to laugh for <laughs> ever. I mean, <laughs> I mean like, <laughs> cause Kyle Allen was
2: awful. So Kyle Allen threw for 3,322 yards and had 17 touchdowns. Uh, completion percentage was 62. So let's go to Josh Allen. Now.
3: Uh, my mind is blown. I didn't know he threw that for that
2: much yards. Josh Allen threw for 3,089 yards, 20 touchdowns, and 58% completion percentage. 20 touchdowns? Yeah, he had 20 touchdowns. So Josh had more touchdowns, but less completion percentage. By three? By three. And Kyle Allen only only played like (laughs) 11 games. I'm
4: losing it. you got to be kidding me. (laughs) Didn't they they bench Kyle Allen for Will Greer? (laughs)
2: Yeah, they did, man. Oh,
3: no. I had no idea. Hey, but Josh Allen can run, though. <laughs> that man run
4: fast, and he tried. So we're
2: not even sure that Josh Allen is the best Allen, but somehow he
4: made
1: the list. Roger Goodell, it...
4: if if you had any involvement in making this list, uh, I you should expect uh, the uh, Billy Madison uh, shit at your door uh, treatment.
3: <laughs> Hashtag justice for Kyle. <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs>
3: where's his month on this list?
2: Uh, All right, that was that was a good fun. That was that was a good segment. So let's get to this uh, interview I had with Chris Harry. I hope you guys really enjoy it. Uh, here it is. All right, guys. So happy to be joined now by Chris Harry, the Chargers reporter, who's doing a lot of great things and keeping the content coming even amidst through the, the coronavirus pandemic. It's been so much fun. You know, listen to all the interviews and stuff that's been going on in Chargers Weekly and reading stories. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Steven, I appreciate you having me, buddy. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So happy to have you on and so happy to be inching closer to football season. I don't know about you, but it's been a, been a struggle without football.
1: Yeah, we're getting there. You know, it was the off season was busy for the Chargers, right? You talk about a, right. a, a new uniform, free agency, the draft. Um, so so many exciting things on the horizon. This new stadium, uh, um, and you know, you hit your the kind of the natural lull here in July. But, but uh, rookies are reporting to camp. Uh, vets will soon be there as well. So uh, hopefully, some some on the field stuff to talk about here very shortly.
2: Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about that stadium. I don't know if you've been recently. Uh, I don't know if there will be fans coming into this into SoFi Stadium this year, but what can you tell our listeners just about you know the the spectacle that will be SoFi Stadium in the future?
1: Man, I, there's nothing like it. Uh, there truly is nothing like it. It's a it's a palace. It's going to be one of the the crown jewels of the NFL, and just to to have a stadium like that in Los Angeles and to have the Chargers uh, be able to play. In this stadium, and it is going to be so much fun for the fans to when they are allowed to be there. To eventually, uh, you're going to have to go a bunch of different times to see everything that this thing entails. And and it's not going to be football games or just football games. Rather, you have you have concerts, you have Super Bowls, right. you're going to have the Olympics. So um, it is it's certainly a crown jewel, and um, the, the Chargers. You know, especially if you have a, a good season. I mean, if we, we talk about all the players and personalities on this team. Couple that with the the stadium. Um, I mean, this is the ultimate primetime place to watch a, a Monday night game or a Sunday night game in, in the coming years. Uh, I'm excited for the fans to see so far when they're allowed to be in it.
2: Yeah, that's, that's definitely gonna be an exciting time. I liked, uh, you know, digging these sports health park more than most. I thought it was super cool to be in such an intimate setting for football. You know, we're so used to having these huge stadiums, but I'm definitely excited for, uh, SoFi stadium. Another exciting thing that's happened in, in, you know, the off season is that the hard knocks is coming to LA for both the Chargers right. and Rams. I think that's going to be a great experience. You know, unfortunately with the coronavirus, there's not going to be a preseason, but, uh, How do you think the virus and things like that are going to impact how much access hard knocks and media members are going to have during
1: training camp? Well, it's a good question because I think this is the 15th edition of hard knocks and, and it's already unconventional because you have two teams on it, right? You have the Rams and the chargers. Uh, So I am as fascinated as fans are in terms of what it's going to look like. It's probably going to be a lot of Zooms, but I'm sure that there's going to be some access to certain players and coaches. Um, it, it's going to be different, obviously, with no preseason, because that's right. pretty much, you know, you have five episodes. You see camp, then you see preseason game one, two, three, and four leading up to, to opening day, the, to opening kickoff. But uh, I will say this. The Chargers just announced they're going to be doing a uh, a live – post-show after Hard knock, So uh, basically, if you watch it on Tuesdays, I believe it's at 7 o'clock Pacific time, tune into any of the Chargers properties at 8 o'clock. Um, there's going to be a live reaction show with uh, insiders, alumni, members of the Hard Knocks camera crew to, to kind of take you behind the scenes. So the Chargers are really kind of on the forefront of, of really making this experience for Chargers fans pretty cool to to continue that conversation after each episode. So I'm looking forward to that. And, and you know, th- this team has so many personalities. So I'm actually scratching my head as to who they're going to showcase, right? There's always a few guys no. for, th- th- that are their favorites. Is it going to be Derwin? Is it going to be the Money Badger? Is it going to be Ingram? You know, there's, there's a lot of different guys that you can point to.
2: Yeah, I, I personally am a big fan of Hard Knocks. I love being able to get that insight, and in. you know they always feature kind of like a a guy who's on the on the cusp of making the roster, which I think is such unique insight. And really, like you mentioned, you know the Chargers do a fantastic job of of putting out content, so everyone that can and wants to watch is able to. And I think that is one thing that you and, and Haley Elwood and, and guys like Daniel Popper have done so great uh, throughout this offseason. So I do want to ask about some on-field questions and particularly, you know, right now the the hot topic is, of course, the lack of preseason. And we on our show have talked about how the Chargers have done such a great job of finding undrafted free agents to come in and contribute. You know, you look at Michael Davis, Austin Eckler, and all these guys, even Trevor Williams in his day and Dontrell Inman. How do you think specifically the Chargers are impacted by the lack of preseason in terms of finding these guys?
1: It's a great question, and and I think it's not just the Chargers. I, I think all 32 right. teams. um, If you're an undrafted free agent, uh, plain and simple, it's just going to be more difficult to I think make this team because you're not going to have the requisite amount of reps. And keep in mind, uh, a lot of these undrafted free agents. Austin Eckler talked about this in the offseason. He needed those OTAs to get on right. coaches' radars in the first place, and and he didn't make the team until the fourth preseason game of the year where he showed out against the 49ers that was the reason he made the team so you know that final preseason game that's kind of like the super bowl for a lot of these undrafted free agents to to show what they can do i remember seeing austin in that number 3 jersey
0: yeah.
1: uh, i guess the 49ers that one year it was it was pretty crazy to see so um i i, I bet my my guess is this, different teams will handle it differently um but it's going to be tougher no doubt about it to to have an undrafted free agent, make the 53-man roster. Now, with practice squads increasing and, and you know, with some things to be figured out, um, you know, maybe there are some opportunities for these guys to, to land on the practice squad and, uh, and stay connected to the team that way. But um, it, it's just going to be difficult. You know, a guy like Roger Teemer was an undrafted free agent last year, made the yeah. team. Um, but uh, those types of stories, you're just not going to have the amount of reps that, that you're used to, not only in the preseason, but also those those valuable practice reps and in, in just at that, that classroom time. I mean, these guys are getting classroom time in via Zoom, but uh, it, there's something to be said about actually putting it out on the field, whether it's a walkthrough or, or just a regular practice.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point. And you, know, you bring up the Zoom classes, and I think a lot of people are curious to see how the rookie class in particular, you know, Justin Herbert, Kenneth Murray, and those guys are handling you know, the off season without OTAs. And have you heard anything about the rookie class, how they're doing with the zoom and how excited they are to, to get into
1: training camp? Well, I know all of them are excited, you know, having a chance to talk to a lot of these guys uh, throughout the off season. Um, you know, a, a guy like Justin Herbert, I think he's set up very nicely. Um, he's, you know, you've seen him out, you know, I've seen Austin on, uh, on his Twitch, you know, yeah. Justin's just uh, handing off to him and, and Joshua and uh, uh, Justin Jackson. So I think Justin Herbert is set up nicely because you have a veteran in the in the room. In Tyrod, um, Tyrod knows the playbook for the most part. Having been with Coach Lynn, and e- even any changes that may be made this year with with the absence of Philip, um, Coach uh, Coach Lynn and Tyrod had that familiarity with each other. And, and Shane Steichen. Uh, had had spent a year with Tyrod as well, so uh, couldn't have a better guy to learn from for Justin. And, and Justin just has to continue to do what he, what he's been doing, you know, um, kind of take that leadership role. Um, you know, I know that he's been throwing with some guys and 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 getting together with some of his teammates, and then learning the playbook right now. You know, the, the hope is for the Chargers that that, that Tyrod has a good year, and, and, and Tyrod can 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 do some things with this new look offensive line and. Um, you know, you talk about maybe, you know, some of the best set of weapons, uh, probably the best he's he's ever played with Tyrod. But, you know, around the NFL, you, you look at Keenan and, and Mike Williams and Hunter Henry and Austin Eckler. I mean, those are four reliable pass catchers that Tyrod's going to mm-hmm. have. And then you, you, you talk about Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly, too, uh, with that running game, kind of filling that void of Melvin Gordon. Um, Tyrod is in good shape. And let's not forget that he can also make some – plays with his legs so right. um, he may be taking off a few more times than Phillip does right
2: <laughs> <laughs> i would hope so man i, I you know I, I went back and watched in the offseason all of tyrod's film just to get excited and get an idea for what he has and you know unfortunately his his days in cleveland were not very fun to watch i think you know they did not do a good enough job of, of supporting him but i'm excited to see what anthony lynn has planned for him and obviously you, you know, know what though
1: Stephen you look at those weapons that he had in Cleveland versus what he has here and, and actually having that year in that quarterback's room getting familiar with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams right. getting familiar with Hunter Henry and and then having that familiarity with coach Lynn uh, I think you can't understate that the the time that they spent in Buffalo together uh, when Tyrod w- was a pro bowl quarterback frankly that that one year so um I think that he is set up for success in that regard. He, he's yeah. going to have the best set of weapons he's ever played with.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Uh, another exciting addition for me personally is the offensive line coach, Mr. Campen. I'm so excited to get him into the building and see what he can do, particularly with a guy like Trey Pipkins. Uh, what do you think that addition to the coaching staff is going to mean for the offensive line and particularly someone like Trey Pipkins?
1: Well, I think it's big because Coach Campen, as you said, he's, He's an experienced guy in this league, proven track record in Green Bay. Uh, he gets one of his former pupil, pupils and Brian Balaga on the right side. You bring in Trey Turner, 26 years old, five Pro Bowls the last five seasons. And that, that left tackle situation, I remember Campin talking about this this offseason, that, hey, it's, there's an open position at left tackle. Who wants it? it essentially is what what he yeah. said. You got a guy like Trey Pipkins. Maybe you move Sam Tevy over from the right side to the left side. Tread Scott, Um, so there are some candidates there. I mean, even Forrest Lamp played tackle in college. Um, So I'm interested to see what that left tackle position is going to look like. Uh, Trey Pipkin's got some valuable reps last year, um, really kind of thrown into things as a rookie third-round pick at a small school. So uh, I think it was beneficial for Trey to get that experience, uh, and hopefully that carries over into the 2020 season. But you're right. I I think Coach Campin is going to do some things with this Mm -hmm. offensive line and again, it goes kind of in concert with the quarterback. Um, the the theme with all three of these quarterbacks in the room is they they're all mobile. You know, Justin Herbert had right. three rushing touchdowns in the Rose Bowl. Easton Stick, uh, we know what he did with his legs at uh, North Dakota State, and of course Tyrod. So. Um, I think that you're going to see a different offense. Um, I looked at some of these offensive numbers from last year, and you have to throw a lot of them out the window because it's just going to be a completely different operation without Phillip, without having a guy like Melvin Gordon back there. And obviously the offensive line is going to be different um, from the personnel on the right side to the coach camping, as you mentioned.
2: Yeah, that's a lot of good stuff, a lot of good information. I have one last question for you. Um, You know, we've talked a bit about maybe someone on the team that could – surprise some people this year you know I think there's there's a few kind of guys that you know we have talked about but if you had to pick a guy or two that you think is going to come out and really surprise people and have a, a stellar season who would you who would you pick
1: you know what I'll give you I'll give you a guy on offense and a guy on defense perfect um, the, the guy on offense has shown it I think he's going to have his best year yet and that's Hunter Henry when when Hunter Henry is healthy. He is a, a top five, top seven tight end in this league. He can block. Uh, he's a great pass catcher. Um, so I really do think Hunter is primed to, to break out. He, he's had some bad luck with injuries and just just tough, yeah. tough things that that I don't think are are injuries that are like, okay, this guy is injury prone. I think they're just kind of like things that have happened. Um, he's young enough, and I think he's going to be a big part of this offense in, in 2020. Um Coach Lynn mentioned Rayshawn Jenkins on Adam Schefter's podcast this year as, as a breakout candidate. Sean played 99% of the snaps. I think Sean is going to get even better this year. But the guy I'm going to give you is Drew Tranquil. And everybody I've talked to, this off season um, Daniel Jeremiah in particular said that no one in the country is talking about Drew Tranquil right now. And, you know, he was a standout on special teams last year, but you saw him get integrated into the, the defense. He had a, a few tackles for loss against uh, Denver late in the year, started three games. The combination of him and Kenneth Murray for years to come um, is something that I'm excited about. And you know, we talk about these, these additions like Linval Joseph and Chris Harris, Jr. Um, the linebacking core could be sneaky good this year when we're talk about and Nwosu in year three. If Kenneth Murray can pick things up quickly as a rookie, um, I I think that obviously bodes well for the Chargers. But to have a guy like Drew Tranquil, the the passion that he plays with, a former captain at Notre Dame, uh, I know the the team is high on him, expecting him to contribute. And uh, I think you're going to see a lot of Drew Tranquil this year, both on special teams and defense.
2: That's awesome. I, you know, I think those are both are, are really spot on. And I'm looking forward to seeing how, you know, there's so many young guys on this team that I'm just really excited to see how they take a step in year two, year three, like you mentioned with Ingeno and and Drew Tranquil. So uh, Chris, that was a, a lot of great stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. And a uh, little uh, funny coincidence here, you guys, for our listeners, Chris has this picture of his dog behind him and uh, his <laughs> dog na- is named Sully. And my dog is also named Sully. So a little bit of a small world coincidence there
1: for you guys. There you go, man. Shout out to the Sully's, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we wish you well and looking forward to seeing your continued coverage on the Chargers.
1: Steven, anytime, buddy. I appreciate you, man. Thanks very much.
2: I think that was a really good interview. You know, We talked a lot about you know just how the season is going to unfold and things like that. And you know, we're getting more information. But you know, I think the Chargers... Are, you know we're very fortunate as, as Chargers fans with the amount of content that comes out of the Chargers camp with Chris Harry and Haley Hill and things like that. And uh, I thought his, his information that was about Hard Knock specifically, you know, and just the kind of media content that is going to be impacted by COVID-19 is really interesting. Um. So, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview. We're so grateful that Chris took the time to, to come on in, in this busy time. Uh, We're going to shift to our top 10 quarterbacks now. Uh, Similar to our wide receivers, we're going to go just 10 through one, each of us uh, one at a time. Um, The top five, we all have the same guys. It's just in a different order. But, you know, 10 through six is a really interesting conversation. Uh, We'll start with Jason this time. Jason, who did you end up deciding to put at number 10?
3: For the number 10 quarterback on the Taunton. Top. Da. Top, top, top ten <laughs> quarterbacks list. I picked Matthew Stafford of the Detroit nice. Lions. Bam, 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 bam. And I just, um, it. There's not a lot of good quarterbacks. He sucked less than a lot of guys. That's why I put him at ten.
4: That's fair, Alex. Any thoughts? And who is your number ten? I like Matthew Stafford. I have him a little higher, so we'll get to him uh, a little bit later. But it, I would have ranked him higher other than the injury things. True. I can, I can see that, and I get why uh, some people think that way. Um, so, number 10, I have uh, Timothy Jimothy uh, Thomas Brady. Um, I didn't want to do this, but I started to look at the quarterbacks, and I went, man, there's not a lot of good quarterbacks. <laughs> I tried to keep Tom Brady out of the top 10, but unfortunately, I couldn't do it. Um, Would you say he's top Brady? Top 10 Brady? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, Brady is still decent. He'll probably have better weapons this year than he did last year. Um, I still think the arm is a problem, but... Uh, he's accurate enough and you know, he has enough experience to make it work. So he has just enough experience, <laughs> just, 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 enough. just only 20 years of experience. Um,
3: you, you could say that you couldn't stuff forward to keep him off the list. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> These puns, man.
4: Uh, um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I think this is kind of a thing that I want to generally talk about where it's like, man, quarterback is not that deep um, as it's been in, uh, as it's been in recent years. And um, it's a uh, it's pretty thin position right now. And that's why Tom Brady honestly cracks my top 10. He's decent enough, uh, accurate enough, and he'll have good targets. So top 10, I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is an interesting conversation for sure. You know, each of us feels like one through five is pretty safe. And then, you know, like 25 to 32 is pretty safe. And really anything in the middle is, you know, you can make an argument for any of those guys to be in this kind of area. And really, for me, what this comes down to is is the upside factor for me. And, you know, I'm not talking about like being in a franchise or things like that. But, you know, in this kind of range, I, want, I still want someone that I think could potentially carry an offense and carry a team. And so that's why I didn't pick Tom Brady. That's why I didn't pick Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why I didn't pick Dak Prescott. Uh, I'm actually going with Kyler Murray here. I like and it. And I know that this is this is a bold take, I think, maybe. I don't really know. I, I don't think it's that bold. But it's just, for me, in this kind of range, I want someone that is either you know in a, a top-tier game manager or someone that I think could take that next step. And that's what Kyler Murray is for me. The addition for, of DeAndre Hopkins is going to be huge for him. And he's got a top-tier receiving core himself with Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. And Kenyon Drake is a really solid running back who gives him, you know, some nice upside out of the backfield. And they invested in the offensive line. So I like the direction that the Cardinals are going and building around Kyler Murray, and I think he's ready to take that next step. Uh, Jason, you're number nine quarterback. My number nine is Tom Brady. And
3: I I know I'm kinda I didn't want Tom Brady to be a charger. There's a lot of different reasons than right. him being a top ten quarterback. So, I already I hear the fans saying, "But but you didn't want Tom Brady on the Chargers, you, you didn't want him here. But why did you?" want his contract. 10? Yeah, I didn't want his contract and the amount that he would actually help the Chargers. I don't think it would be that great. And it's just you know the Alex already kind of hit on it. Just the the pre snap recognition, the the experience, the high football IQ, the accuracy. Uh, he's going to have an efficient football season. I don't think it's going to be a great season. I don't think it's even going to be a good season. I think it's going to just be a, a a solid season, and everybody's going to be quote unquote surprised. But that's how it is.
4: Um, Alex, any thoughts? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I mean I pretty much agree with. Uh the take on Brady, like I said, I had him at 10, uh, and number 9, I have Rain, uh, Dakota Prescott, um, and, uh, yeah, so, Dak is, uh, alright, he, <laughs> this is kind of the thing, I don't really start getting excited talking about guys till I hit, like, the next one, but, um, Dak is alright, I, there are some games where he looks really awesome, and then some games, like, the Chicago game, or the New England game last year, where it's just, He looked kind of out of his depth, uh, or the game against the Eagles in Philadelphia. Um, I, I just, I think it's, I think Dak still has some room for improvement, but, you know, it's getting to the point where it's like he has all of these weapons and it's still kind of a little bit subpar production. I do still think he, you know, he did throw for 5,000 yards, you know, so he is, he is still a solid quarterback, and I, I put him at kind of the edge of the top ten here. Um, but it's kind of getting to be a little bit put-up-or-shut-up time for Dak. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's getting to be that time. And he wants that big contract. The Cowboys are pretty hesitant about it. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I think Dak... Has uh, a good chance for success this year. Um, We'll see what the Mike McCarthy kind of new scheme is with uh, Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. I'm uh, curious to see how that goes. But i have Dak at number nine. And honestly, depending on how he does in 2020, I could see him climbing higher up the list or I could see him going lower. Um, It it really could go either way for him.
2: Yeah, that's totally fair. I think, like I mentioned, eight through really like 15, you know, it's just a bunch of guys that you could really switch around. Um, I agree. I think Dak is solid. I don't think that he's going to ever be the kind of guy that is going to like carry a franchise. You look at the situation that he's been in, and in the games that Tyron Smith and Travis Frederick missed last year, he was pretty bad. So I think, you know, that just kind of speaks. He needs things around him to be essentially perfect. And, you know, he's able to produce when it is, which is fine. Uh, just a quick question. Would either of you be surprised if Dak does not uh, stay with the Cowboys after 2020? I'd be surprised just because I think
4: we, we kind of already talked about this on the podcast, but I basically said, or we, Jason Amaya basically said, like, they've already kind of set up their roster, so they have to sign Dak. Um, right. And I know they're still kind of, there's still disagreement there about the contract and exactly how long it's going to be, but, you know, he can kind of Kirk Cousins his way into the franchise tag anyway. um, The interesting thing is the franchise tag, because the two previous examples of the franchise tag are Breeze with the Chargers and um, uh, Kirk Cousins with the Redskins, or, sorry, Football Washington team. Um, (laughs) uh, So, yeah, you had those two uh, kind of examples, and both of them actually left. Um, to go get the bag in New Orleans and uh, New Orleans and uh, Minnesota afterwards. So I could see Dak leaving. I guess it's just like I don't know if I see a team throwing a ton of money at Dak that's not the Cowboys. Like right. I mean, at that point, wouldn't you just be better off drafting a quarterback? I don't know. Skip Bayless would have a heart
2: attack <laughs> if he, oh he no, no. boys. all these puns, man. You gotta uh, get all the puns out before you leave for basic training.
3: Yeah. Um but you know, I I would just say that I know they kinda put themselves into a position where they kinda have to re sign them. And I know I said that, but I'm just going to redact that statement <laughs> and, and say that, you know, if they're put in a good position to go pick up somebody else, they I could see them moving on from him. Uh, but I also can't see them with that roster having that bad of a record. But, you know, with Trey Lance, and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Jamie Newman, I think there's going to be a chance for teams that have a Dak Prescott on their team
2: to move on and um, move forward. Yeah. I agree with that completely. Uh, so my number nine, much to Jason's dismay, is going to be Matt Ryan. Uh, I don't love Matt Ryan. I just feel like in terms of, like, the game manager quarterbacks, I feel like he's probably one of the better ones. And, you know, I don't know if I would trust him in, you know, in a fourth quarter, you know, down, by, down by 10 to lead, lead a comeback, but I think he is pretty solid across the board. And I don't think that he's going to be a reason that a team is terrible, which again, this is kind of where we're at with the quarterback position in this range. Uh Jason, your thoughts and who's your number nine?
3: Uh, my number eight you mean? Number um, eight, yeah, sorry. For Matt Ryan, it's I I agree with it, actually. I agree with the with the spot, and I think after I took a look at all the quarterbacks in the league, it was just like I can't put many above Matt Ryan. I can't put right. many below like or I, I can put many below Matt Ryan. It's just it's not very
2: Yeah. Not I a, see what you're saying. He's not an elite he's not an elite guy, but you know, he's better than a, a Teddy Bridgewater and a Ryan Tannehill and I think he's better than Dak, obviously. So I, I see what you're saying. Alex? Uh no, I agree. Oh, do you want me oh, to get is my it, number eight? I thought
3: it was uh, your turn. I also need my number eight. Mm. Huh? um so my number eight is gonna be Drew Brees. And it was no Breeze putting Drew Breeze in the top 10. Jesus Christ. There was some. (laughs) It it took a little bit. Um, But, you know, originally originally I had Breeze a a spot higher, but I I had to kick him down a little bit just because Drew Breeze, he's going to have the high stats. Do I think he will end the year top 10? I don't think so. Uh, just because the rookies are going to take the spots. Uh, they're going to take that late spots. So I think Kyler's going to step up. So, it's going to it's going to be a little tough on whether or not he stays there. But for me, Drew Brees is just too consistent. You know, and he's, he's too accurate in the intermediates, and he has the receivers for it, the short-to-intermediates. They're just going to do what they do well, which is run the ball, throw screens, and throw slants. And Drew Brees is going to execute it to perfection. And... And it's unfortunate for me to say it because I don't like the receiver that he throws to. But whatever.
2: <laughs> um, Alex, you're number eight. I'm going to call an
4: audible on my list. Uh, I had Drew Love Brees it. originally higher, but I'm going to move him a little lower. Um, I've taken some time to think about it more. And I honestly, like, I think Drew Brees does very certain things good. Like, he's obviously like a good quarterback, but the age concerns me. His arm's been dead for a while, um, and it wouldn't shock me, well, it wouldn't shock me if he had a season relative to his performance, kind of like Phillip Rivers had relative to his 2018 performance this year. Um, It wouldn't shock me to see that happen with Breeze, uh, and that kind of like steep decline, Um, maybe the roster will prevent him from having that steep of a decline, but I, I just wasn't impressed with what I saw down the stretch from Breeze. He was already injured last year with the hand, um, you know, he's in his 40s. I, I just, I could see 20, uh, 2020 kind of being a disaster for him. Theoretically, there's enough there where I just have some doubts uh, and, uh, yeah, so I'm actually going to move Drew Brees down a little bit from where I had him before. Um, still a very good quarterback. The Saints can get to the playoffs with him, obviously. They're probably going to win the division anyway. They'd honestly probably win the division if their quarterback was Taysom Hill. Um, but it's, um, I don't know. Yeah, so I, I put Brees at number eight, Little t- and now we're gonna have a clean sweep across the board because I also see Stevens' list. Um, but yeah, so I'll put Breeze at eight. For
3: I wonder team. which quarterback Breeze by drew, yeah, my gosh. <laughs> I use the same pun twice.
2: <laughs> yeah, so this will be a clean sweep for sure. You know, we had a few of these in our receiver episode. Um, I think Emmanuel Sanders is gonna be huge for, for this Saints team. I don't know how in the world that they were able to sign him. Apparently the cap does not exist in new Orleans. Um, but I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to be a big time addition for them. Uh, Jason, your number seven. So my number seven is Matt Ryan. And Ryan.
3: again, it's just the, the, the quarterback list is just how it shakes out. He has to be up there. Um, there's not a lot of good quarterbacks out there. I think there are quarterbacks with more potential out there. It's just not there yet. um, So, yeah, putting him that high on the list has me crying a little bit. Um, But, you know, I I was really trying to find quarterbacks to put above him, but it just didn't work out.
4: (laughs) Um, Wow. Okay, so my number – we're at seven right now? Yes. I have uh, Matthew Stafford. Uh, I put Matthew Stafford at seven. Um, I just – see him play really well a lot of the time. um, Just a lot of the time, especially towards the beginning of last year, like there was that game he had against the Chiefs. Um, You know, there are just games where it's like he was putting the Lions like in that first half of the season before he got hurt. Like he was keeping them in games really until um, the game against the I think of the game against the Packers is where the Lions kind of started to collapse a little bit. Um, but they were good for the first, like, four or five games of the season, then, you know, players start getting injured, then Stafford gets injured, and things kind of go to shit. Um, but I can't help but feel that if Stafford had a better team around him, a better defense, uh, you know, kind of better weapons, I mean, he has Galladay, uh, and Marvin Jones, but outside of that, he doesn't have a lot. Um, Hawkinson is is alright, but he's not really kind of developed there yet, um, so I don't know, uh, it's it's always kind of been a rough go of it for Matt Stafford in uh, Detroit, and I feel like if he was on another NFL team, uh, he might very well be in those top five quarterbacks, but it just hasn't uh, played that way uh, in terms of his career so far in Detroit, uh, so yeah, so for number seven, I'm going to go Matthew Stafford.
2: I think that's a good call. I think you know he could definitely be in the six to eight range. For me, I have seven as Carson Wentz. Uh, I know everyone is is going to point to the injuries and and right, rightfully so. He definitely has to shake this this reputation of missing games and you know similar to how Keenan Allen has had to do this and Hunter Henry has to do this right now. Um, but in terms of someone that has the ability to carry an offense and carry a team. To success, you know, Carson Wentz is a top-tier quarterback, which we saw last year when Greg Ward was his best receiver and Boston Scott was, you know, a leading threat out of the backfield. And, and really all he had that was consistent throughout the year was Zach Ertz and uh, Dallas Goddard, who's still developing. So, you know, Carson Wentz as a talent is a top-tier quarterback. He definitely needs to shake this this injury bug. But, you know, you know he's carried a team to to these amazing seasons when he's been healthy and i expect that to to continue going forward and ho- i'm rooting for this uh injury bug to to leave him and hopefully be healthy going forward. Uh Jason Your number 6 quarterback. So yeah, i guess that's the now we're kind of past
3: the 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 quarterbacks that make us Carson Wentz and we're now Past the the Stafford point, you know, we're back to the quarterbacks. Actually, Matt, um, or oh so. Number six for me is Carson Wentz, and ahead of this point, you're getting into the guys that I think are irreplaceable. I only think there are six quarterbacks in the NFL that are irreplaceable guys. These are it. Everybody else behind them, aside from like rookies and guys on rookie deals, or um, that are locked into a contract. These are the guys that, based on talent, are irreplaceable. And Carson Wentz starts it off. And for me, it's just you, you have all the tools that you need. He's a smart quarterback. Um, of course, the injuries suck, but he does elevate that team. He really does, and he doesn't get enough credit for it. Uh, Greg Ward was basically his most reliable receiver <laughs> last year and I actually like Greg Ward a lot. I actually think he's a pretty good receiver, a good slot receiver. He'll be a good wide receiver 3. But that was his wide receiver 1. And that he had no bit that had no business. Uh wasn't Greg Ward like a for, former quarterback too? Yeah. So it's like Carson Wentz for me. He just elevates the players and like I do think that the Eagles are falling victim to what the Carolina Panthers did with Cam Newton, where they're trying to get him these big 50, 50 receivers like Whiteside and Alshon Jeffrey. And that has been proven to not work. If you have a quarterback that has a strong arm, that doesn't mean go get 50, 50 guys. So I think they've greatly mismanaged and misdiagnosed the kind of quarterback that Carson Wentz is, and they need to reevaluate there. But I still think that he is a top six quarterback in this league borderline top five but the next five guys are kind of locked in there so well
2: now the eagles have pivoted to just really fast guys yeah which so it's well to be determined. interesting
4: yeah yeah um so yeah i've also have carson wentz at six uh he's kind of my boy um but uh yeah so yeah carson wentz as uh jason kind of alluded to with greg ward and you know boston scott as steven said Uh, he, he was playing with, uh, not so great pieces last year. Um, and I don't think he gets a ton of credit for that. Um, you know, beating kind of this stacked Dallas offense, uh, with, you know, Greg Ward and, you know, some scrap metal, uh, that was left on the side of the road. That, I don't know, it's really impressive that that team even came close to the playoffs as it was currently constructed last year. Um just with all the injuries and, um, just everything that happened to the team throughout the year, but, uh, yeah, Carson Wentz, I I don't think it's enough credit, um, we'll see, I'm curious to see, I I don't want to say curious, we'll see where he is on the NFL top 100, um, but yeah, so, it's, um, it's, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough thing, because like Jason said, I do think there's been some mismanagement with, uh, Carson Wentz and, getting him the right receivers, and we'll see what the direction is this year, because they did get uh, Marquise Goodwin, and, uh, you know, so they have Marquise Goodwin, Rager, I, I think Rager's gonna be nice, um, so yeah, they have Marquise Goodwin, Rager, Deshaun Jackson, mm, uh, and, you know, some other guys, but, uh, yeah, so I, I hope for the best for Carson Wentz this year, uh, I think he got dealt the blow, because now Brandon Brooks is out, but Jason Peters will replace him. So we'll see how that experiment goes. Yeah. Uh, but um, you know, I have Carson Wentz at number six, and I think you could argue that he's absolutely uh, could be in the top five.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think those are for. I think he definitely has that upside. My number six is Matthew Stafford. Um, talent-wise, again, you know, I think he's up there with the best of them. Clearly, that's my opinion. Um, but in terms of someone that can come in and carry a franchise to success, I think Matthew Stafford has that ability. It's just, he needs at least some help, you know, early on his career, he basically only had Megatron and, and they were still relevant. They were still mostly pretty good. Uh, he's never had a thousand yard rusher, I believe, unless, uh, Johnson passed that last year. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but I think he did. Okay. Or no, it was at 100
3: yard game. I don't remember which it was.
2: I think on Johnson is solid, but I think they drafted someone else this year. You know, it's just been a, it's just been a cycle at running back. It's, the offensive line has generally been terrible. And, you know, Alex mentioned, you know, Hawkinson really needs to come into his own this year for Matthew Stafford to be able to have that kind of safety outlet. Uh, but the talent is there, man. I think he's underrated. And just for the fact that he's been in Detroit and lost a ton of games, I think NFL fans just kind of cast him to the side, which is unfortunate. Uh, so we're now to the top five, you know. Obviously, if you're, you know, you pay attention to quarterbacks around the league, you probably can guess who these players are. Uh, but we'll see if our order is any different. Jason, who is fifth for you? Number five for me is Deshaun Watson.
3: Now I was tempted to put him a little bit higher, but I think the next four guys have really just—they're on their own level. And Watson, I think he's close to being there. I think next year he will be there. He has developed every year he's been in the league. I think next year we'll see him rise up to that top three status, the, the basically the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks um, in the league today. And for me, it was just about the guys ahead of him. It really was. And I think he's close to that step, but he does have to go through reads a little bit better. He has to diagnose blitzes way better. He, he A lot of people blame the line a lot. Uh, a lot of it comes down to Watson. He doesn't read the blitz very well, and he's learning how to. He's getting better at it, and that comes with having a better line with, like, R- Laramie Tunzel there. And with David Johnson there, David Johnson's a pretty good pass blocker as well. So that's going to give him a little bit of help as well. So I, I think he'll be better this year. I think he needs to take less sacks. He needs to realize how to identify these blitzes and these, uh, these stunts. He needs to know how to move in the pocket a little bit better um he resorts to that backyard football run around in circles a little bit too much instead of the subtle movements that are required for the position to to be able to put yourself onto a platform that allows you to make the tough throws and too many times he takes himself off of that platform so that's why Watson for me is fifth instead of somewhere like third
4: um I also have Deshaun Watson at number five uh so I guess I cheated off Jason's list before the show or something Um, but, yeah, so, uh, I have Deshaun Watson at five. I, uh, he's really solid. I mean, it it would be great if he had someone like DeAndre Hopkins. He's never had that uh, on the Texans, and, uh, so, you know, uh, I guess we'll see who his number one receiver will be this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I think Deshaun Watson is really going to show out, even without DeAndre Hopkins, um, I think it's a loss for him, uh, absolutely, but... I think he's going to show what he can do, uh, even with maybe uh, a not-so-great group of receivers. Uh, Randall Cobb is there for some reason. But, uh, so, yeah, I uh, I like Deshaun Watson a lot. I, I do kind of agree with some of the things that Jason said, specifically kind of just being able to... Um, read blitzes better and being able to kind of see pressure maybe in the field a little bit better because he, he does kind of get himself in trouble sometimes. Um, you know, you know there was a point in his career where he was taking so many hits that, uh, you know, he had to ride the bus uh, because <laughs> he couldn't fly due to a punctured lung. Uh, so that that is the th- concern with him is just taking those hits, and he's going to take hits because... Um, because of the way he plays and because he's so kind of athletic, but, you know, I just, if he can reduce the hits he takes and, you know, can really ball out with this, uh, receiving group, I, uh, totally agree with Jason that he could move into, uh, the top three, uh, yeah, I totally think that's feasible in 2020, um, Depends on this offense, and we'll see how this offense goes forward without DeAndre Hopkins. Um, so that's a particularly big loss, but we'll see how what
2: happens. Yeah, he's got a little uh, Cam Newton recklessness to him in terms of out-of-the-pocket out maneuvers and things like that. So uh, he definitely needs to be able to learn how to, to slide yeah. and not take as many hits. Except that he's not as big. right? And not yes, as... <laughs> obviously, yes. Because Cam Newton is a giant. Uh, so my number five is gonna be Aaron Rodgers. Mix it up a little bit here. You know, I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna come out with his hair on fire this year, and I think he's gonna have an amazing season. Uh, that being said, you know his arm is kind of, kind of dwindling a little bit. You know he's definitely in the late stages of his career, and he misses a lot of games recently, and he's banged up, and so I think the health is a concern. And more than anything, I just think the Packers have done an awful job supporting him in terms of weapons, and that you know has carried over to, into this year as well. You know, I think their offensive line is solid. It'll be interesting to see how they uh develop without Brian Bulaga, but you know, he doesn't have a good tight end, he doesn't have a good number 2 receiver. So, I mean, Devontae Adams can only do so much. Uh Jason, number 4 for you. My number 4 is Aaron Rodgers, and
3: I agree with you. I think he's going to be a great player this year and it's a shame they didn't get him more weapons. It really yeah. is. I still can't believe it. They're going to have to rely on Equinemius St. Brown coming back healthy, which is crap. And yeah. Devin Funches. Oh, my God. And <laughs> it's, just, it's a shame. If he was on a different squad, he could be on the freaking Jets and have better luck. He really could. I think the Packers are one of the worst front offices in the NFL by a landslide. Yeah. And Rodgers is still constantly a top-five quarterback in the league, which is insane to me. They're one of the worst front offices. They've had some coaching inconsistencies over the last couple of years. Um, they had running back trouble for a while, and then they found Aaron Jones. long but, time. And, they had Eddie Lacy, dude. They had they kept Eddie <laughs> Lacy after he got fat. Yeah, and it's like his receivers now are trash. He, his best tight end is probably going to be um, – some guy they drafted last year that was hurt all of last year. And I don't know if they signed a different tight end. I don't think they did. Um, I don't think so. And the tight end they did draft in the third round is actually a fullback. They drafted a fullback in the third round. The guy they're transitioning to fullback. Here's from in the third round. AJ Dillon in the second round who is going to be behind Aaron Jones. Like, I don't understand this front office, and yet somehow Aaron Rodgers is still going to be a top five quarterback in the league, and somehow people are still going to find reasons to say that he's not even top 10 anymore, which is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And, man, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is just, he... It's, it's one thing for Deshaun Watson to wow you with big plays to DeAndre Hopkins. It's another for Aaron Rodgers to wow you with plays to some 5'11 white receiver you've never heard of like he did in the Car- with the Cardinals or throwing Hail Marys to 5'10", 5'11", Randall Cobb. And he consistently does this. He'll throw a dime to Geronimo Allison. Uh, fantastic name, by the way. And Alan Lazard and Equinemius St. Brown. These guys that just, huh. You know, it, it reminds you of like giving him... What was the the one year where with Philip Rivers it was a uh, Herndon Javante Herndon was that his name, and that was Philip Rivers' wide receiver one for a little bit there. I don't know if any either of you remember that. It was very bad times, and it was just Aaron. It was obvious that. Philip Rivers took a big step back, but Aaron Rodgers, he remains top five when he has receivers like that on the squad. And there's stats that Aaron Rodgers is actually better when Devontae Adams is off the field. And it's like, if you could do that with nothing, I I can't even imagine if he was on a good team. If he was on an average, averagely run team, how good he would be. So that's why he's number four for me. I wanted to put him higher, but these next three guys have proven themselves so well that it was hard for me to do so. They're also all younger than Aaron Rodgers is by quite a few years. So that's why Aaron Rodgers is number four on my list.
4: Uh, if the Packers need a tight end, they can always call the Bears up in the same division <laughs> and uh, give them, a, I don't know, maybe a fifth, sixth-round pick for one of their 35 tight ends. But uh, hey, Hey, Bears, if you give us your best tight end, we'll give you three <laughs> tight ends there you
2: go. well their best tight end is probably jimmy graham who
3: the packers used to have so no i i i would say that they're uh the guy they just drafted out of notre dame commit was, was out of notre, that's the guy they drafted right commit yeah. yeah i would say he's better than jimmy graham jimmy graham's awful
4: so uh at number four i have lamar jackson uh so Lamar jackson he's the mvp of the league um, he, of course, zoomed up everybody's, uh, everybody's rankings this year, really. Um, you know, especially Bill Polians. Uh, but... <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I was never a convert Lamar and a wide receiver guy, but I also didn't think that Lamar was going to be a top five quarterback. Um, I thought that he would be kind of in that 10 to 15 range, Um, but he's proven himself to be kind of leaps and bounds above that, uh, and, you know, I honestly think this, this Lamar Mahomes thing is going to be, you know, this generation's Brady Manning. Um, you know, I think that that's kind of what we're headed for here. Um, so yeah, the Ravens are, Ravens are really solidly built around him. Uh, you know, Harbaugh was a guy who weirdly kind of had his job kind of in the air for a while and then Lamar came and John Harbaugh is pretty safe now um yeah so yeah but uh you yeah, know Lamar is just really fantastic this year just the the things that you can do with him as your quarterback really remind you of um like oh Michael Vick <laughs> like that that's it's really what it reminds you of uh whenever you watch him just that 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 insane run he had against the Bengals where he like spins like 10 guys on his way to the end zone is still one of my favorite plays I've uh, I've seen ever in football but um you yeah, know he's uh, he's got the athleticism he's got the mobility he's uh, and he improved as a passer a lot uh, I think there was yeah, drastic improvement from where he was you know consider you know think about that 2018 playoff game versus the Chargers um, and you know how he improved, uh, since then. Right. So yeah, no, for me, uh, I, I debated a bit, uh, between Lamar and Deshaun and Rogers. Cause I think we're all going to have the same one and two. Uh, but yeah, I debated a bit between those, but, um, I think, uh, yeah, I put Lamar Jackson
2: at number four. I put Lamar Jackson at number four as well. Um, you know, he's got a bit of like a Giannis factor to him, where if Giannis ever develops a consistent three point shot, he's going to be unstoppable. And if Lamar Jackson can be like a really accurate passer, no one's going to be able to stop him. And, you know, you combine that with how good the Ravens have drafted and manipulated the free agent trade market, you're getting Marcus Peters and Calais Campbell and guys like that. You know, the Ravens and Chiefs in the next few years is going to be. You know, like Alex said, you know, Patriots and Colts 2.0. It's going to be an amazing rivalry and an amazing duel every time that Mahomes and Lamar get out on the field together. And, you know, he's just so electric with the ball in his hands. And I think if you put him as like, like Alex said, I'm not, I was never in the camp of like switching positions. But if you put Lamar Jackson as a running back, I think you're looking at like an Alvin Kamara type player. Just someone that could be so electric and do some crazy things with the balls in his hands. But as a quarterback, you know, I think his accuracy issues were always overstated. I thought that his accuracy was fine at Louisville. It was not, like, perfect, but it was okay. And he's definitely made some strides here, and, you know, he had an amazing season. I would expect that to continue. Uh, Jason, number three for you. Patrick, um, uh, it's Lamar Jackson. (laughs) And
3: for me, it's just I'm going to ride this train, man. I am because I swear I was one of the only Lamar Jackson truthers when he was being drafted. I was one of the only ones. I caught so much crap because I said he was going to be the best quarterback in that class, and he is. He is, yeah. Pretty easily, too. Yeah, by a landslide. People ignored the great things he does as a passer because they couldn't get past him running. People hate running quarterbacks. They really do. And he is one of the most natural – pocket passers when it comes to maneuvering subtly. The things I was talking about with Deshaun Watson, those subtle movements in the pocket that allows him a platform to throw. and that's a good point. Like a subtle move to the left, a subtle move to the right, and when you add his mobility, it's like, could you imagine if Philip Rivers could have ran? (laughs) How much like those subtle movements would have made a difference? But instead it was like watching like a freaking – It was not great. It was not great with Bill Rivers. It is great with Lamar Jackson watching him run. And the thing about Lamar Jackson is he has developed every single year that he has played football. He has gotten better. From his freshman year of college to now, he has gotten better every single year. Every single game, he has gotten better. And so for me, I wouldn't be surprised if some put him past Wilson next year. Obviously, you need that consistency over time. But... For me, Jackson is just a phenomenal football player. He's a phenomenal uh, athlete. And I don't think he's as far as people think away from being a phenomenal passer. I think he does have some things he needs to work out. The accuracy will always be somewhat of a problem. It's always going to be a problem to an extent. But it's his high football IQ, his understanding of NFL defenses. I said football IQ. Get that stupid test out of the way. (laughs) The The wonder lick. Yeah. Um he he understands how to look off safeties. He understands how to use his legs to his advantage and manipulate defenders with that. He understands how to throw receivers open. The way he threw people open in the red zone was ridiculous. That throw to Miles Boykin where he threw back shoulder um was just ridiculous. And it's that kind of stuff that is gonna make Lamar even better going into next year. And why I'm confident putting him in the top three. I just I don't think he's going to take a step back. If anything, he's going to take another step forward. He has never taken a step back in his career, and so I don't see why he would start right now.
4: Uh, At number three, I have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, So I have Aaron a little bit above Lamar and Deshaun. Uh, I could have debated it. I kind of debated it either way. Um, And I think that there's obviously a 2020 future where you know if Aaron Rodgers declines a little bit. uh, Lamar and Deshaun move up, right? I can ab- obviously see uh, Lamar, both Deshaun Lamar, and maybe even Carson, um, kind of crossing into maybe over Rodgers, right? That 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 could theoretically be something that happens. Um, but for now, I have Aaron Rodgers in number three. Um, I <laughs> I think Aaron Rodgers on the Packers is, or for the last like five years, has been like you know lebron on like the 2007 Cavs. It, it's just like uh a man trying to do everything in his power to will this as jason said the subpar football organization uh over the finish line and um he's come close a few times but you know the, he got to the he got to the nfc championship game with an okay packers team really i mean it it was the, def- the, defense, was the good. defense was better. Um I agree with that. The linebacker core still sucked. Right. Their defense was better. Defense was better. Um <laughs> still though that, that offense and you know we'll see we'll see kind of how they uh decide to go and replace uh did they really replace Balaga at all?
3: Uh not that I know of. Right. No. I think they had a guy sitting there though that they had confidence mm. in. Okay. But I don't think they replaced him in the draft or anything. Right.
4: Um, I guess we'll see with what the Packers are this year. I I think it's just going to be another kind of episode where like the Packers will sneak their way into the divisional round or the NFC Championship, and then they'll get smacked by whatever team is, you know, better constructed than them. And Aaron Rodgers will unfortunately fall again and un- unfairly get criticized for losing again. But I know, uh, so I think Aaron Rodgers is a top three quarterback in this league, uh, and I know we're, now we're going to have the top two, and the, you know, pretty much two and one. Um, is the exact same in all our lists, probably. So, I uh... it's a it's
3: a good thing too because we're at the hour mark now.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh. So my Yeah. So my number three is Deshaun Watson. Real quick, um, I love Deshaun Watson. I totally understand the criticism that. Uh, Jason lead out. He does need to get better at the mental aspect of things, but you know, I'm just a big believer in his ability to to really carry this team, and that's what I've been watching the last couple of years. You know, he took 60 something sacks in 2018, and still they won the division. And then this last year they improved a little bit. Um, obviously, I'm worried a little bit about the DeAndre Hopkins loss and whether or not Brandon Cooks or Randall Cobb or <laughs> uh, Will Fuller are actually able to be a number one. I think Brandon to Cooks... be
3: fair. Those guys are all really good at finding ways to get open
2: once the play is breaking down. Randall Cobb is very good at it. Yeah, that's true from his days with Aaron. I think maybe that's kind of why they were constructing this team is just have a bunch of guys who can get open after you could have had all those guys and DeAndre Hopkins. (laughs) That's true. They could have, they could have, but I'm definitely a little worried about just the direction of the playmaking staff around him. So, I assume all of us have Russell Wilson at two, and Patrick at Patrick Mahomes at Ooh, number no. one. Uh, is there any world in which next year you, either of you, would think that Lamar or Deshaun, you know Alex Benson Wentz, would jump Russell Wilson and maybe make it interesting for the number one spot?
4: Uh, no, I don't think so. Jump
3: Russell Wilson? Yes. yes. Oh okay i think watson or lamar could make a case to get ahead of wilson i don't think it will happen but i think that they absolutely have the chance to i think one through five is just i think one and two are pretty much locked in and three through five is kind of like going to be a little carousel um i think i also think cam newton will get a chance to, to involve himself into this top 10 and maybe get towards the top five. I don't know. It just depends on that healthy arm. If I think I think if he's healthy, he's going to be in this. He's going to be in debate for top five, hands down. But in terms of anybody passing Wilson, it would have to be between Watson, Rogers, and Jackson. I think Rogers could do it. I don't know about Jackson or Watson. For Jackson, he would have to take a big stride, and he would have to win in the playoffs uh for Watson I I can't see it just because of the team around him losing DeAndre Hopkins is a big deal but if he puts up big numbers with the the cast he does have now I could see people maybe putting him above Wilson but it's also not something that happens over one year either the reason people love Wilson so much is because he consistently carries that Seahawks team it's not like the Seahawks team is really good around him like it's not that good (laughs) he carries that team uh on his back and so i i could see there being a chance that one of those guys in the top five um goes by wilson and and cements himself as like the number two guy i can't i can lamar jackson is the only one that can make it interesting against patrick Mahomes. i think at this point because they're both young And that's what people are going to be looking at. Who's the next young guy? Is it going to be Michael Vick versus uh, the – it's going to be arms versus legs, you know? It's going to be the dynamic running QB versus the dynamic throwing QB, the insane hurdles and spin moves against the no-look passes and that such. Um, And people are going to go with the arm because people don't like rushing quarterbacks, but I could see it getting into a conversation. I could see it being a debate. I could.
4: Um, I could see it being a debate over Wilson. I don't see it being a debate over Mahomes at all. Um, the scary thing to me about Mahomes is that Mahomes is uh, possibly going to get better. (laughs) Right. Right. Because he has a lot of issues as a quarterback that his talent hides. Yeah, I mean, people have talked about how, like, he kind of only started to really, like, read defenses, like, pretty recently like you know um at the nfl level so like like he could he threw people he
3: threw to people that were open and he got away with it because it got there so fast Mm
4: -hmm. right so it's honestly like mahomes has another level to his game that he has to unlock um and that's that's the scary thing to me if, if you're anyone in the nfl Particularly us Chargers fans, you know, (laughs) who sit around, you know, waiting for the mighty Justin
3: (laughs) Herbert will make it a competition (laughs) with his big arm,
4: Uh, uh, mm. and Josh Allen. Oh my gosh! Um, But yes, so no, I, um, I think Wilson could be pushed. I still think ultimately it's going to be Mahomes one, Wilson two. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I think it's ultimately still going to be that, and then you'll have. Probably Rodgers depends on how he plays this year. If there's kind of signs of decline, and then I think you'll have that uh, Jackson, Watson, Wentz group kind of battling uh, for kind of the next um, the next guys after, or maybe uh, who's the guy to leap to, to three? I think I think the guy who who will be three next year will either be Rodgers or it'll be one of the guys from that uh, Jackson, Watson, Wentz uh group I could also see Kyler Murray jumping into that yeah, top 5 conversation. I was going to say about Kyler Murray um I could see Kyler Murray being top 5 next year. I I honestly yeah. could see it. It's he he's Yeah, I could see him being kind of that Russell Wilson uh Is there of- a
3: rookie quarterback that you could see making it into this um we'll say into the top 6?
2: No, no. I, as much as I love Tua, I don't think he's going to play enough. And Joe Burrow, I think, is going to, you know, be hard pressed to be really effective this year with, you know, the, the lack of preseason and stuff like that. I think Burrow probably gets into like the top fifteen, and then next year Tua could make it interesting. But I think Tua probably plays, you know, four to seven games. I don't think he plays very much.
4: I think Burrow right? will eventually be a top five quarterback, but he's probably like three or four away, years away.
3: I don't see it from him. I see him being a solid quarterback. I don't see him being an elite guy, but
2: we'll see. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting conversation. You know, I think with Wilson, you know, there really is a danger here for the Seahawks, which I think they they have shown this sense of urgency because I think they are, are getting this, you know, this vibe of we're potentially wasting this prime of an all time great. And unfortunately, it's going to be you know, Aaron Rodgers situation all over again. Uh, I love Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes, like Alex said, I think there is that other gear. Uh, you know, he's talked about that, you know, he went on, um, LeBron's barbershop show and and even said that just mentally he can get so much better. Uh, so we're at hour 11, uh, plus the Harry interview. Uh, any thoughts before we wrap up today, guys?
3: Nope. That's, that's about it for me, man. And, um, this is getting close to, or might even be the last podcast. We'll have to see. I'm gonna get really busy here, so it's getting close. Uh, I'm gonna miss everybody,
4: Mookie Betts. I I heard that you've gotten uh, a pretty nice contract from uh, the <laughs> crosstown rival, or not the the crosstown team of the Chargers. Yeah, you're both in LA while well, we're in anglewood i don't know where we are now i don't know la geography i've never been to california at all um but anyway uh Mookie bets i heard you got a nice contract so go to patreon.com slash guilty is charged and you can toss us a couple bucks there if you want Yeah, one percent
3: of your contract would be nice <laughs> just just
4: a wow, tiny that. smidge of one um
3: yeah mookie bets if you want to come play quarterback
2: that'd be cool too he <laughs> <laughs> probably could honestly um, yeah, so stay tuned for, you know, we're going to do some more breakdowns on Patreon and obviously our giveaway is coming up at the end of this week. Uh, so if you do want a chance at that giveaway, make sure you make sure you enter before August 1st. Um, that's really when the cutoff will be for uh, the giveaway of the Chargers hoodie. Uh, it's been a good episode. I thought this was a, a lot of good discussion. Hopefully people are, you know, getting excited about football and, and I'm cautiously optimistic about the chances that a season finishes, but you know we'll see. So you make sure and follow us, all of us, on social media where we are very active as well. And uh, make sure you wish Jason uh, uh, good luck and happy trails when he does eventually join the military in a couple of weeks. We're really excited for him and,
3: 14 and days. Uh,
2: happy that someone so of such high character is joining our our nation's military, which we're really excited about. Oh,
0: You
1: make me cry.
2: they're gonna love my puns there yeah (laughs) it's gonna be so funny so that'll do it for this episode thanks for tuning in guys and we'll see you next time bye
0: mother's day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement whether mom's into classic dress watches rare and refined ceramics or tried and true bestsellers movement has something she'll love